As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, welcome to the latest edition of Hear That Podcast, Growlin, Paul Yenner Jr., Jay Morrison of The Athletic. Excited to be with you here on a Thursday big, big show here for Huge. you today. Uh, free agency is right upon us, days away. Tampering can be legal in a matter of days. Uh, starting Monday at noon, the fireworks can sort of begin. Um, but for you, you know, Number one, really, I think number one Bengals target, to me, the most interesting person about this Bengals free agency period, the entire thing involving the Bengals, the most interesting person to me has been Von Bell. Under an assumption that Jesse Bates probably leaves, can they bring back Von Bell and keep Luana Rumo from having to worry about that, quote, dark day, as he (laughs) told us last week? So, Jay... We said, you know, you know who'd be good to talk to then in this situation? Vaughn himself. Vaughn Bell. So Vaughn Bell is going to join us on today's episode uh, from Miami. Uh, and uh, good to, it's going to be really good to chat with him. Um, we covered everything from what it's like to be in free agency, his thoughts on this free agency, um, what he feels like he knows right now going mm. into this weekend. And I give him a stat that I think is going to help his, his case. <laughs> Uh, so excited. That, thanks to Vaughn for uh, joining us on today's episode. Uh, so that's coming up here in a minute. Also, following him uh, from Bengals.com, Jeff Hobson joins Jay and I, and we uh, we talk through it all. We talk through where this team is at, some of the priorities, um, what to expect over the coming weeks, some of the deja vu, and uh, we let him tell some stories about Jim Beheim. Which are great. And it's, it, this is a great pairing because we have the the – player who is the first in the building and the hardest worker and we have the media member who is the first in the building every day and the hardest worker yes uh so so big packed episode for you both of those coming your way um News, uh, Joe Bocci, Jalen Davis, both coming back, restricted free agents, re-signing with the Bengals, Bocci for one year, Jalen for two. Um, the Joe Mixon uh, case has sort of moved along reports out there. He's not a suspect. Um, 
there are two suspects that are going to be named and what you know the county was saying essentially the the dart wars game that was occurring on his property and 11 shots uh were fired no they haven't gone public uh with the actual suspects yet but there's obviously lots of um reports out there about that uh expect more will probably surface on that but for now it does appear that Joe Mixon not going to be a a suspect in this moment. So that's where we know with the Mixon thing. All right, let's move it forward. Free agency starts. You heard our episode on Tuesday. We spent time going through all the ins and outs. We talked how the draft affects free agency and the players and this, that, and the other. Specifically, wanted to spend the day focusing on the Bengals players, who they want, and some of the things that uh, are tangents of that. Well, Number one means Von Bell. So without further ado, uh, let's bring in Von Bell. Von Bell, uh, who has just been an absolute star in the rebuild and rebirth of the Bengals. Joining us, Von, what's up? What's up? Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for coming you. on. Uh, what, what's your offseason been like? What do you do? Do you just like disappear for a while or you were like i'm gonna go to barbados and uh turn off everything or do you uh what's your what, what do you do it's something like that uh <laughs> i get off the grid for a little while and i get back to it and started back at the ground so and yeah i get a little reset uh to get back to where you've been at so you know been a long season and uh so gotta re- refresh the mind for sure that always the case? I mean, I know it was kind of, the emotions were raw after that loss and the way things ended this year. Do you, do you always try to step away or is it even more important to do so this year? Uh, no, it's always the case. Uh, you yeah. got to recharge because uh, every season is a taxing season, um, especially adding one more game, that 17th game, and plus the playoffs. So it's always a little tax on the mind and mental and physically. So you got you to take a little time off, but uh, then you got to go back and redigest it and evaluate yourself and how you did in the season and what can you do better and really just do your homework on yourself. I mean, when it's time to get away in the off season, is there ever a teammate who's like, how about let's go together to Bali, man. And you're like, no teammates. Or, or are you like, let's, yeah, let's, I want to see your face again after seeing them every day for seven months. You just need a break from them. No, you still got your boys and everything. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they all going to say, let's go, go somewhere. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to meet up with Leo and Joe here soon. Uh, tomorrow. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's my guy. Yeah, of course. Um, let's. Uh, I want to start by this. I got a stat for you, Vaughn. One that I think you'll appreciate. Um, mm-hmm. The past two years combined in the NFL, you have uh, five interceptions, 16 passes defense, five forced fumbles, 116 solo tackles, nine of those for a loss. How many players do you think also could boast all of those same stats? over these last two years? How many? I don't know. I'll give you a hint. You're going to like the number. It's round. <laughs> Zero. Zero players have have stuffed the stat sheet like you have. Shout out Legereus Sneed. He's close. He's in the vicinity. He's the only one. There's not a lot of people. How proud are you of the well-rounded nature of your game? You know, it seems like that... When, when we talk about the, the impact, is that kind of where you start in the guy who kind of, you know, can bring a little bit of everything? Uh, that's what I want to do because I always uh, tell them I can bring the full package to the table and um, what areas can I work on, and that's why I'm going to stress and uh, really go in and attack it. And uh, it's like 
I always want to be a sponsor of the game. I always keep on continuing growing. Uh, I just feel like I still got more to go and uh, a lot more to prove and um, a lot more to, uh, to accomplish. So um, it's just hats off to the guys in the locker room, too, because I can only just do my one level and the coaching staff, too, and just put me in position to make plays and just being able to trust me to be in that position. And uh, so it's a, it's a well-rounded, uh, you know, group effort uh, towards it. But I always want to be hard on myself. I always trying to be the best. I always strive for the best. I mean the the one stat of all those ones that Paul mentioned the the interceptions I mean you you you've been stuffing stat sheets since you came into the league but the the interceptions particularly the last two years have skyrocketed um, more than you had in the in the, the first years of your career what what do we think the biggest reason for is the ball finding you are you finding the ball is it how's that how are all of a sudden you're just grabbing interceptions right and left and just letting go and just just releasing yourself just trusting it. And just go out there, just being who you are, and um, just go out there, just trusting, making the play. Vaughn, I am uh, I'm 42 years old, and I know I'm old. What is it like <laughs> when people are out here trying to tell you about your age? You're 28. <laughs> like, how frustrating is that when you're like, "What am? Why are we worried about? I'm 28 <laughs> years old. Like, how, what is that like to hear that conversation? I feel like I'm 21. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just still feel young, but I don't know. It it is kind of hard. I'm like, man, it's like me coming into the league. And my my old veterans used to tell me that, and now it's back on me now. It's like, what? <laughs> it's it's uh it's very odd. Uh, I could really say that, but I'm like, man, I'm 28 still got a lot of gas in the tank and a lot to prove. So man, who, knows? who knows? Do you think about? how long you can play or how long you want to play? Does that even enter your mind? Or does that seem like it's so far off in the future right now? That's my best. It stays so far off, but I always want to get 10 plus years for sure. That was my ideal goal. Um, and whatever I had left in the tank, I'm going to empty it. Yeah. So, you only get one shot at this thing. Yeah. Is that it? 10 years? Is that kind of, is that kind of the magic? I said number 10 plus. Think? I said 10 plus. <laughs> well, no, I mean, no, no, I mean like, but when, when you come, when, is that kind of a thing for anybody when they come in the league, you think that you've talked to is like 10 is just that number where that's that like the ultimate staying power. Some guys don't want to play that long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some guys say I'm going to finish this second contract and that's it. Yeah. No. I want to be. I want to be a unicorn. I want to be a dinosaur. <laughs> You're gonna be a dinosaur. Well, yeah. You don't. You don't want to do it like the Brady dinosaur. You don't want to oh, be trying no, to play no. in your forties now. Come on, trying to be able to walk yeah. and stuff. You play a different position. You actually play ones where uh, it gets a little. They put the wear and tear on your body, unlike him. Yeah, they. You know, they get a little protected with the whistle. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's you know this is it's really it's really interesting the league the league has changed a little bit and you mentioned that that some guys just want to walk away from second contract how have you seen the league change in people being a lot you know more comfortable just walking away when they're young now whereas I mean not that long ago I mean that was unheard of the idea that anybody would do that you're you're maybe a little old school in that fact that you you want to keep going and some guys just want to are are ready to walk away. I just, I don't know. I just feel like I had that moment mentality. It's always what's next. And mm-hmm. some guys be like, that's it for me. I'm good. I got what I needed out of the game. The game got what it needed out of me, and I'm good. I take, provide for my family, do X, Y, Z. But I look past that. I just want to leave a legacy. And um, I always want to do that. And I'm uh, just playing for the back of the name, my jersey. And uh, it's really the people back home. And uh, it's a lot more to it. But I don't know. There's a fire inside of me. They always want to keep on serving, especially the young guys that come in and just pour all the knowledge I have into them. 
I was going to say, was, is, is there something, is there a, a trigger that you think would let you know that, that maybe it's time? Is it when that fire that you talked about goes out? I think it, it, it had to go down a little bit. <laughs> I don't think it ever go out, but if it just get a little bit low, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> I w- so I'm curious about this. I think a lot of people don't know what it's like, you know, to enter free agency. Like we hear a lot of players talk about what it's like on game day, what it's like when you go through the draft process. This is kind of a bit of a mystery. What is it like to be a player in the weeks leading up to free agency? I guess just through your personal experience, everybody has, I guess is different. What what? What is that like? Is it nerve wracking? Is it easygoing? Are you have like the agent like constantly on FaceTime? It's kind of a little both. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you uh, you just try to really just get away. Like, go take a trip or something. Get out of your house. Stay busy. Uh, let the chips fall how they may fall. And uh, really try to get your mind off of it for real. It is Is it the same? I mean, this is your second time through. Is there a noticeable difference the way that you feel or the way that this one is going as compared to your, your first time coming into free agency? I think it's always going to be the same because it's always an unknown feeling. Yeah. Well, what know, was your biggest takeaway from that, that first time through? I know it probably didn't, it, it ended up okay, <laughs> but it, it probably wasn't happy in the moment that the, the team that it drafted was, you. It was very humbling. Yeah. It was very humbling. And uh, it was eye opener. Uh, it's like, you got to more. You gotta do more to get that respect across the league. It's like that, that's how they view you. And it's like, man, I didn't do enough. All right, let me get back in the gym. I gotta go to work. Every time you get a, a chance, an opportunity to step on the field, you gotta go make it count. And that's why I'll be telling and preaching to the young guys, like everything's evaluated, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> make it now so you don't have to play catch up when you four or five years in the league. It's like, no, nah, they already they already got you labeled now. It's like, mm-hmm. no, nah, that's who you are. If you do it now, where my money at? They gonna be like, "How much you want?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's really interesting. Like like you said, I mean, you're you're in this, you're you're in the mix. Does that ever leave you a team where it not going the way it did? Did that what happened in New Orleans? Like, did, does that feeling the of I got to get back in? The, does that has that ever left you? Have you ever been able to be at peace with that, or is that always going to be a part of what drives you? That's gonna be always the important one, Jeff. Yeah, that's yeah. one of those scars. It's one of the deep cuts. Like you know, you have children one day. You say cut on your leg. They go, like, "What is that?" And you're gonna tell them why. You're gonna tell them why. Yeah, you gotta tell them why. So it's like that's what drove me. That's why you still here. You know, provide for you. So it's like, man, it's it's one of those times that you learn from and you just keep on learning, and uh, it's gonna stick with you. And that's that's a good thing. It uh, it should always keep on driving that drive force. You know. Younger guys like Jermaine Pratt going through this for the first time, and, and you talked about mentoring younger players and in, in all aspects, but not just free agency. But is is when guys go into this for the first time, do you, do you have advice that you give them? Yeah, they talk to me. I tell them like, uh, first and foremost, what do you want from it? You know, because mm. you got to be able to. You should, <laughs> they can offer you X Y Z, and another team offer you X Y Z. It's like, what are you comfortable with? Mm. You know, and what what means the most to you? You want to win. You want to stay together. You want to, you know, it's, it's everybody got different goals in life. So it's always different because they got family obligations. I'm still, I don't got no kids. I'm single. It's whatever. So I could, I could move. I could do whatever. So, but it's always different, but I always give them what my perspective is. 
and my experience where I had my first time. Because always, like I said, it's an uneasy feeling because it's unknown. And you're hearing things, it's like you can't believe everything you hear because you really don't know what's going on. So you just, I, I just say to just get away, <laughs> enjoy your time. And when the time to come, it comes. So don't stress about it because you'll keep on growing gray hairs. <laughs> <laughs> tell like tell me more about this life without kids and freedom to do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. I want to get by. Yeah, What's that me, like? Yeah, keep telling me about that. Uh, what, so you said it though. You said it though, Vaughn. Uh, you got to know what matters most to you. What matters most to you this time around? This, this time around, you always want to be comfortable. And um, man, you always want to win, especially getting older. You want to stay in the winning environment. It's huge. And uh, because um, you you worked your way up to that to get to that point, you also want to stay because you don't want to go to work stressful, mm-hmm. and that's what's big for sure. All right, let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You, you know, you've been in the playoffs five of the last six seasons. Mm-hmm. The only one you didn't, you knocked out Juju on the way of setting the foundation <laughs> for the way uh, to the next two. I mean, it, it's you're, you know, I mean, that's what you're used to, right? That's, that's the where you've lived. Everywhere you've gone, you've played in the playoffs, you've won games in the playoffs. Yeah. I'm not going to bring up the fact that you've been part of in, some of the most insanely ridiculous endings to some playoff games that haven't necessarily yeah. all gone your way. Some have, yeah. but, uh, you know, is that part of it where you're like, when you're used to being there and you're used to being in the end, the idea of going and getting back to the beginning of a rebuild again, that's a tough one. That's a, that's a tough decision. It is a tough decision. <laughs> it is a tough decision. That's why I say it's, when it's X, Y, Z. Is sometimes it could be all. It just depends on what the player wants at the mm-hmm. end of the day. What are you comfortable with? So, But, yeah, always being in that moment. It's like 17 games. We're going 17 plus. <laughs> we'll keep on going, you know. That's the mentality I, I'm at. We'll keep going one day at a time and one game at a time. So it's always tough, and that's the driving factor for me. Especially you want to always be in a winning environment. Mm-hmm. You know, we spent last week in Indianapolis at the Combine uh, talking to Zach, talking to Lou, um, scouts. And, and one of the questions I asked Lou was, I mean, I, there's an assumption that Jesse's not going to be back. And I asked him if he had thought about how big of a hit that would be if you didn't come back too. And he said, he doesn't even want to think about that dark day. Um, did, did you hear that comment from him? I've been off the grid. I'm telling okay. you. Okay. <laughs> well, well here, hearing it now, does that, does that hit you in the heart and make you, oh, yeah. you, you feel fine? Or are you like, ah, oh, that that's some more leverage. 
Whoever the phone. But that was for sure, man. I, that's my guy for sure. Um, man, always. Hey, man, that's probably one of the smartest coaches I've ever been a part of, like to go to war with. And um, always putting us in the best position. And he always cooking up something, I'm telling you. It could be always almost to the, the kickoff. We go have a like an adjustment. Like he said, <laughs> I would go look at this this morning, or this one's sitting easy on mine. I want y'all to look at this real quick and tell me what y'all think. So man, I'm telling you, he's probably one of the best coaches I ever had. Uh putting uh, guys in situations to win and just knowing the game overall and then calling it with the game flow and uh, always being open ear to how we feel and how can we make sideline adjustments, all types of stuff. So that's my guy for sure. Have you been surprised by anything in Cincinnati in this regard? I mean, in how close everybody became, I mean, you, you, you hope for that. You want that uh, to happen. But I mean, the, the friendships that you guys talk about that we saw, just even from our angle that you guys had were so rare. I mean, guys were real emotional, uh, not just after the game, but in the days after in the locker clean out and stuff. And Jesse in particular, you could tell he was really feeling it. And has any of that surprised you? And and what's it like to know that you were part of something that kind of brought people together like that? Man, no, it doesn't. I'm telling you that uh, that was a special, special locker room. And, when you look back at it, and I was always telling the young guys, is it's like, no, they come in, it's my first year in the league. I'm like, no, you need to really digest this. Not every locker room is the same. And uh, I was telling like this, that we built this over the years to come, and it's like we finally got it what we wanted to. But at the end of the day, it's always business. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's just the, the luck of the draw of the business. Somebody always going to fall short. Some people going to be moving on because the business obligations, because everybody can't stay. And I was trying to tell them that. I said, you're here for a reason. Like, <laughs> but soon to come, you're supposed to take over for somebody else here. Mm-hmm. Or if a deal don't fall through, you're supposed to step up. And that's why they bring And I was trying to break it down to them. And they was really grasping, like, man, this is really fun. Like, yeah, nah, like, these are real dudes. <laughs> 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 this is a real locker room, like, you don't see across the, the whole league. And it's like, man, when you go out there, it's just bigger than ball because it's really – your, your friend and your brother at the end of the day. And it's like, you always want best for him and the best for the situation, his family, everything. And you plan for another's family. And uh, that was really uh, our understanding, especially in the defensive side, because uh, it was it was like our, it was like our living room every time we walked in the defensive room. And everybody uh, hug each other up, dap each other up, and tell them that they appreciate each other and look each other in the eye and just know that you go get my best that, that Sunday or that Monday or whatever we play that Thursday. And it's like, and that's what that genuine feel that we had. That's why it was so tough, uh, just to end it like that. And because you know, guys go move on, and it's just, it's always tough, especially in this league. That that connectivity and and knowing all the hard work that that you have put in personally, and you guys have put in as a group, and getting so close the last two years, does that that sense of of wanting to finish what you started, does, does that? I mean, it may not be the overriding factor, but does that play into your free agency decision at all? Oh yeah, I would. I always want to play with nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we not gonna we not gonna mistake that, you know. Man, those guys are great, man. You know, playing it, feeding off each other, playing for one another, playing on defense like we had. It's like no, they don't go unnoticed. <laughs> yeah. You gotta weigh all your options because that's what I'm saying. Like. It's like, what do 
the player want at the end of the day. And that's why I keep on reiterating that because you got to really sit down and think for yourself. And, you know, because it's your decision. Yeah. Or if you don't have any other offense, so it's always hard. So you got to weigh the pros and cons. But hey, you always want to play the top quarterback now because those top quarterbacks win you eight to six games a year. <laughs> we got to figure out the rest of the team. <laughs> yeah. Uh so do you have a do you have a feeling or do you sit here today and be like I have no idea what's about to happen? Oh, is it is it that no open? Idea. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know how y'all do it, man. It's uh, <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, you know, I I just wanted to first of all say thank you. Uh, for Absolutely. you know for all the uh time that you've spent listening to us bother you with questions over the last <laughs> few years. Uh, for our selfish sake, I hope we get to continue to bother you with questions and uh, uh in that locker room in future years. But if not, um, it, you know it's been a it's been a blast uh working with you here. Uh, and uh, I hope everything works out however you want it to, Vaughn. Uh, because we certainly yeah. have uh appreciated our time uh getting to know you a little bit more it's been it's been a lot of fun man i appreciate you guys man always uh give me some little nuggets uh writing great stories <laughs> or great articles i uh, appreciate you guys for sure yeah, yeah no problem and make sure you put that one about how nobody's gotten all those stats into your uh she tell your agent that make sure yeah. he passes that along with all his conversations <laughs> give me some credit on that. my yeah. guy paul got that for me that's right tell him, <laughs> tell, him, tell him about that tell him about that thanks Vaughn. appreciate your time hey, you're the best Vaughn. Hey, thank you. you thank you all right, great catching up with Von Bell there, uh, who's always, always a delight, and I'm sure really interested to see how the next uh, 48 to 72 to maybe more hours pan out. Um, somebody who's been through it before, great perspective from somebody who kind of, uh, hey, those scars cut deep, right? I love that. The scars, can we tell your grandkids, well, what's that scar from? <laughs> I... I- you don't want to read too much into it, but just the the fact of a lot of the things he said, the fact that he was willing to come on this show as is, I mean, it, it sounds encouraging for, for Vaughn to be back, um, which I think a, a lot of Bengals fans would be excited about when we did the Choose Your Adventure worksheet. Um, 87% of you said yes. That's that's you're you're re-signing that guy and bringing him back. Lou Anaruma, who is in your camp as well. Um, so I, I really, really do thank Vaughn for coming on and, and spending some time with us. Yeah, great to have Vaughn here. Uh, and uh, so we'll go forward and see where things turn out there. We're going to talk a little bit more about him now um, or and and really him in the big picture of where everything goes. And to do that, we wanted to bring in um our good friend, uh, friend of the program from Bengals.com, longtime Bengals beat scribe, Jeff Butchie Hobson. So let's uh, let's get to that. Butchie, how are we doing? Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, I want to make sure my uh, uh, daughter hears my voice this week. She's a devout follower of the podcast. So <laughs> hi, Carrie and Freddie. Always great to have <laughs> Carrie and Freddie listening. Yeah. And um, uh, yeah, Butchie. We went. We were talking about like I wanted. I wanted to talk to Butchie because the Bengals are reverting. Not unless reverting. It sounds. That sounds wrong. There. There. We know the strategy. You and I have lived through the strategy of a roster of luxury, a roster of um, recommitting to those that have won you games. You saw it from 2011 through 2015. And the recent world of the Bengals has been this 
aberration of wow, look at look at what's happening. Uh, you know, they doing things they've never seen before. When you look at the direction they're headed now, and we heard Duke Tobin and Zach Taylor and many others last week in Indianapolis talk about changing back to that kind of old dynamic a little bit. Um, how much did that kind of all ring true directly back to what you saw during that five-year run of five consecutive playoff seasons? Yeah, very, uh, very nostalgic. Uh, you know, it almost wanted me to. Uh, I, I remember where I was. I started to have flashbacks of where I was when Carlos, Carlos Dunlap re-upped, and uh, I remember having a conversation with Geno Atkins' agent early on, and he seemed a bit nervous about would there be an extension. I said, "Talk to me on Labor Day," and I think <laughs> it was like the day before Labor Day they did it. So all these had all these flashbacks, complete with the sweats come in, but. Uh, I think you guys know it's. I mean, you guys have been doing this. You've been doing this great job for the last month, saying what's going to happen, and your fans have gone on the journey. So, I was hoping you guys could tell me what would happen because <laughs> uh, uh, you guys, uh, you guys have got it all plotted out. But uh, yeah, no, it definitely brought back. Uh, it definitely brought back. I was in the dentist chair when Carlos uh, re-upped, by the way. So, and, all, and I remember that. Well, so yeah, I, I think we're the same. The only difference is we're going to be we're going to be uh, uh, chronicling the uh, biggest contract ever signed, mm -hmm. which is kind of throws a little bit of a uh, different uh, spin on it. I mean, I it you're right about the the memories because I remember every year we would go to the combine during that run, and that would that would be the you could have the quote written from Marvin before you <laughs> even got over there. We were going to focus on re-signing our own guys and keeping our own players. And that, I mean, people got upset then because they hadn't won a playoff game. They, they, they still had so much higher to climb. And now I think people understand that, yes, they're, they're right. They're near the top. They haven't got to the top yet, obviously, but it's, it, it's right there. And I think people understand that, that this is the right way to go this year, that focus on the, the, the guys in house and worry about what you can get outside. It's not going to be the splurge that we've seen in the last few years. I mean, you guys know this because you covered it. You've lived it. The first, the first three days of free agency back in that stretch, it was a combination of Pearl Harbor. Uh, <laughs> it was the Great Depression. It was JFK. It was just you know carnage and disaster and oh my god, you know. And um, I think there'll be a different reaction. Was I? I don't. You know. I. Can't see, you know, if they make us, if they make a signing, you know, I would think early on it would be their own guy. You know, that's what it's going to be, which is, as you know, the splash of signing your own guy never matches a splash of signing somebody else's guy, but it'll be just as big. But if that doesn't happen, you know, it's going to be probably, uh, you know, it's not going to be, there's not going to, there's not going to be the same type of buzz in the last three years. But I think you got it right, Jay. I think. 10 years ago, it was, what can you do to get over the top? They didn't feel like, I think people felt like they weren't doing enough to get over the top to win that playoff game. And, you know, now they've, they've won five in two years. So, you know, let's try to keep some of those guys. I think that's a more palatable uh, thing for, uh, you know, for folks to deal with. And and I think there's arguments to be made either way, but the bottom line is they didn't have enough people to pay the last couple of years. I mean, they didn't they didn't have enough blue chip players. They didn't have enough quality players. That it it's like Duke Tobin talked about. 
They spend to the cap every year. We know the numbers on their they're they're going to be spending, you know, what, 10th in cash payout. That's about they're going to end up that they've been it's not been a matter of not paying. The problem the last few years was they didn't have their own guys to pay cuz they were still flipping the roster. They were still creating the identity of who they were and last year was the last string of that with the offensive line investment they did in the first, you know, half hour of free agency plus Collins after that. So now though, I mean, we just spent, everyone spent a year talking about this core and how great yeah. this core is. And and now it's just pay to keep the core together, but you still have to keep finding value. You ha- still have to find um, B.J. Hill. You still have to go find, you know, um, somebody you ha- sign as a free agent uh, in the third wave that ends up rising to a starter and and maybe make a shrewd uh type of a move on a someone who costs you five million or six million or something that's worth it but the go find the core portion of the program is over yeah no and i think too uh they've been here before i mean you can go all the way back to five but uh they did a great job signing their core problem was there were no defensive players who were <laughs> in that core and uh that because uh, they were turning over there they went through uh, john thornton was here he played here six years he went through three coordinators you know now you come back to this era and there's just more stability all the way around and better defensive players so uh and just what you say i i, I would think now we're at a point where if if a Bates leaves, if a Bell leaves, if a Pratt leaves, you got to believe they got Plan B, C, and D. Where is that shrewd veteran pickup who's yeah. not who's who's got you know who's got something left who can maybe be a bridge guy to the young guy you're going to draft? Whereas back in the day when they did a great job resigning these guys, it was only on one side of the ball. All right, let's just take a quick break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get a guy. I mean, when Paul was rattling off like the BJ Hills, I mean, I would throw Eli Apple in there. Maybe get a quieter, more tame Eli Apple, but a guy that you can get cheap that's got upside, that has something to prove. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of those guys out there where they can supplement this roster with with those type of guys. And it's not, yeah, it's not going to be the, the big flashy signing that everybody's going to fall in love with, but that's it's going to be the difference between winning and losing some games. Well, and Butchie, I mean, I think a difference also between now and the previous time is I think they feel uniquely prepared to strike on winning a lot of those battles in the second and third wave with guys that are looking at situations instead of money, right? I mean, because you find yourself, it doesn't go the way you think it should. You're a talented player and you're just looking to rebound. Hayden Hurst, right? I mean, last yep. year, Hayden Hurst, there he is, $3.5 million, and you get that out of Hayden Hurst. Guy with options, 
wants to come play with Burrow, picks the Bengals over others. You can say that, I think, at multiple positions this year, and I think that's the air, an area where they're looking to strike and, and, and are and are well positioned to strike because of, you know, how, how well they've played and having Burrow. Not exactly. I, you know, I, I always thought, you know, back in the day, their best weapon in free agency was Marvin Lewis. There were a lot of guys that wanted to come play for mm-hmm. Marvin Lewis, you know, and that was, a, you know, and that got them some guys that, uh, you know, James Harrison. I mean, yeah, he was only here a year, but he was, that was a hell of a club that he was on. You know, the Heine Jones was, 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 uh, uh, you know, yeah, you could say he was just the guy, but he was looking for a place and he had two, three pretty valuable years here and played for and started on a division winner. And I think now, you know, when Marvin was a great salesman for the now it's Burrow. Now Burrow is a salesman, mm-hmm. you know, and it's uh it's like you said, I mean, uh and I and I think they're and, you know, you just look at these guys getting whacked every day. There's some good players out there. Yeah. I, I, is it me or is it just doesn't? It seems like the guys getting whacked now are are younger and just seem to be younger. I mean, than they were getting whacked before. Before you'd be 29, 30, 31 getting whacked. Now there are guys, you know, 26, 27, 28 getting whacked. That are that would be great, you know, classic, uh, you know, projects. I, I I would say Eli Apple. You know, you're looking for a, a, maybe another Eli. I I think Eli Apple's probably. I don't know who's going to give him a big number. Yeah, you know, I think he likes it here. He fits in. I mean, I you know, I I just I could see him coming back though, just because of all the things you're saying. You know, talking about he might be a pretty good. He might come back at a pretty good number. Butchie, there's been a really interesting evolution um, lately of the young mid tier free agent because you know teams just aren't really willing to pay. They'd rather just replace it with a rookie and save the money there. And the Bengals have tapped into that. Their entire defense is that, right? Guys with a chip on their shoulder that didn't get as much as they thought they would, but they're still young and teams shy away from them uh because they'd rather just I'll just draft a guy who'll be on a rookie deal rather than pay Von Bell or Chidabe Wuzier, or Mike Hilton, or any of these guys that they have sort of had and taken advantage of. It's kind of fascinating to see how they really built a lot off of that, and and that's maybe an area where they'll need to to tap into again. Maybe not at you know some of the bigger numbers like some of those guys we mentioned um, were at the time, but certainly of that of that ilk and i think that's something that they've they've kind of shown an ability to tap into lately yeah i think they've already showed that uh they'll go that way but they'll also that this thing is you know it's 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 uh, it's driven by the draft so if you lose one of those safeties you got a guy like dax hill and now you're looking for a bridge guy probably mm-hmm. you know maybe you're not looking for a uh Maybe you're not looking for a Von Bell guy, but you're looking for a guy who Von Bellish, and there's nobody like Bell, but maybe a older Von Bellish to get you through to the next to the next to maybe Tyson Anderson or something like that. Yeah. So uh, I think it's all it's all it's all driven by the draft and your and your uh, I think and in order to get those guys, exactly what you're talking about, Paul. The 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 who's this year's Bell? Who's this year's Hilton? Who is this year's Riley Reef LC? Yeah, you know mm-hmm. the calling card is the cookies, cupcakes at Jim uh, at Joe Barrow's. <laughs> <laughs> Still never got an answer on exactly what kind of crackers those were. Still a lot of it's in his of- book though. But you're in his book. But you're in that. But you're in the from uh, uh, 
Bulldog to Bengal. From Bulldog to Bengal. You're you're all over there. You guys are all over that. And the cookie and the cookie and cupcake <laughs> question is in there. <laughs> it was important. It was. Uh, it was important. Jay, you've got um, a run pass or boot. Butch, you want to play run pass or boot with us? I'll try. I don't think I'll be uh, very effective, but I'll give it a shot. Okay. Go ahead, Jay. So uh, given what we've talked about here, where they're they're not going to dive right in, uh, presumably, and, and sign two guys or agree to terms with guys, two guys in the first five minutes of the tampering period, when do you think the Bengals will agree to terms with their first free agent? Will it Out, be outside in, free agent outside? Yeah. Outside free agent um, starting Monday with the legal tampering March 13th. So it would be March 13th to 16th. Will it be next weekend, March 17th to March 20th, or will it be March 21st or later? I'll go March 17 to 20. Oh, next weekend. They're going to make us work on the weekend. Oh yeah, always. I just assume that. <laughs> do, do, you have, do you have any dentist appointments next week? Uh, thank God, no, but I got you know what? You know what? I got a I got a dermatology appointment with the great Dr. Eisen on March 13th at 9 a.m. So Oh. Well, the I period doesn't start till noon. I, I did it before but I did it before the uh I did yeah. it before the uh legal uh before Looking the uh, legal tampering. So, uh, so you you're running with March 17th to 20th. Yeah. What and what's your second choice then? 21st or later or 13th later 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 what about you what do you what do you think i would uh i would i would agree actually i would that's that'd be i would say the same thing i think i think over the weekend the second wave i mean that's a second wave right i mean i think that's what you're talking about you're gonna get all kinds of trades and the and and Free agency is kind of weak this year. I mean, the the first wave isn't spectacular. Um, there's some, it, but you know, Jesse Bates will be part of that first wave. He'll yep. sign a big money deal somewhere, um, and that'll be good for him. I I think Pratt will be part of the first wave, maybe the back end of that first wave, like a Wednesday uh, type deal, and he'll probably go off the board somewhere, and um, and then. You'll see what's kind of left standing on that, and then yeah, I agree. Or later, or later. But I think yeah, I think the week. Hopefully not the weekend. And hopefully not Friday. I, just let's go Monday. Can we wait till Monday morning? Can we eight, Monday morning? Uh, I, I got to get my kids to school. How about eight thirty or later on Monday uh, morning? Would be fine by me. Can we relay that message if you could walk down the hall there, yeah. Butch, and uh, <laughs> let them know yeah. our, our timing. We prefer. What do you got, Jay? Yeah. We have plans on St. Patrick's Day, so yeah, we don't want we don't want Friday to happen. No, um, right. but I I am with you guys too. I think it's going to be that, and I and I purposely tried to structure this so that I include that next Monday because if I just went next week, the twentieth or later, that might have been my choice. But I, I think either that. Friday the seventeenth or Monday the twentieth, we get we hear the first one, um, and then I would pass on twenty first or later, and I'll boot thirteenth to sixteenth. It just follows everything we've been talking about so far, where they're gonna they're gonna kind of sit back and see what happens those first few days. Not, maybe not sit that, back, but maybe sign some of their own guys in that period. The only right. question is which one of us will stake out the Kenwood Mall to get whoever uh, that's in town <laughs> walking around going into lids or see if they're buying some. Soft pretzels from Auntie Anne's. Uh, I, think, right. I, I think we got to check. I think we got to check on uh, Burroughs, uh, uh what he's serving. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, here's a here's a second. 
Jay, we, I wanted you to, we were going to do this and it's just kind of, there's kind of the, a big six um, names for the Bengals here. Uh, we're, we ranked, Jay and I have ranked, we haven't discussed it, um, the, essentially the likelihood of coming back um, of these six. And I'm curious, Jay, you and I go through it, and uh, Butchie, tell us if you think any of it sounds wrong or off, okay? Uh, Jay, what's your one through six? The names, the names, of course, uh, the big six, Von Bell, Jesse Bates, Eli Apple, Jermaine Pratt, Hayden Hurst, Samaje Pirine. Um, what's your one through six, Jay? I, I have Von Bell, number one, um, Samaje Pirine, two, Hayden Hurst, three, Eli Apple, Jermaine Pratt, and Jesse Bates way down at 2%. 2%. Number six. Uh, I have close to the same. Bell one as well. I have Hurst two. Hmm. Um, I don't I don't know if I should, but I do. P. Ryan three. I have Pratt four. Apple five. Hmm. Bates six. Um, I, I just think the... Those bottom three, I feel there's a real, there's a drop, right? Those top three and then like a long drop of likelihood. And then those bottom three, I just think are all unlikely to be back. Um, What do you think about that, Butch? Does that sound? Yeah, it's perfect. I think, I think that's about right. I mean, I might put, uh, I might put, uh, I might put Hurst and P Ryan one, two, but um, just because I think, their roles fit this offense so well, but the same thing with Vaughn too. So, you know, with defensively, but yeah, I think those three, you know, I mean, that's pretty good. It's pretty solid. It's uh pretty solid. I hope, uh, you know, I hope there's a surprise in there. Yeah. You know? But, uh, cause uh, boy, all six, I mean, talk about those six guys, all of them have contributed so much, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to uh, what was arguably the best Bengals team of all time. Let's talk about Von Bell real quick then. I mean, we heard Lou talk about the dark day that he doesn't want to yeah. think about the other yeah. day. I mean, you can talk all you want about bringing somebody else in that's like Von Bell or whatever. If you lose Bates and Bell, sort of the cerebral core in the back of that defense, um, that's a big that's a big loss. Guys that have both been captains. I mean, Bell has been the ultimate culture-setting leader, and I know that he's on the older side. He's not old. He's 28. 28. I mean, but that seems to me like one that is a... a If I'm talking about free agency and what I care about, what I'm most interested with the Bengals and their own guys, it, it starts with him. I think he's the one where it's like, that's a success if they get him done. I had him at number one and I had 90% on it. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I think there's interest on both sides and it it does. It's, that's kind of why I asked Lou that question because it, do, it does seem like that would be a substantial hit to lose both of those guys. And, and it does, if they even, if they don't get Vaughn done before the tampering period, I, Jesse's probably getting you on, on that early wave. And uh, then that, that boosts the, the leverage Vaughn has, but I still, I don't see teams, opening up the the checkbook and, and outbidding the Bengals for Von Bell. And I think Paul mentioned this on a, a pod we did earlier. They the, the Bengals put a value on players and they stick to it 
and they're not going to they're not going to outbid anybody for a guy, but the value they put on Von Bell is probably greater than than what other teams would put on Von Bell because they've they've lived it and seen it for 3 years and they know what he means not just on the field but in that locker room and in organizing meetings, team film study or defensive film study outside of the the regular what the coaches do with them. It's just he just seems too important and it just seems like too much of a match for for him to get away. Yeah. You know, the one thing, uh, you know, all those, all those things you guys said are spot on. Um, you know, the one, the one saving grace is that he was here for three years and did. So some of that rubbed off on Mm -hmm. guys like a and, uh, you know, uh, um, Hill Dax Hill, you know, uh, Mike Hilton, you know, so, and, and the big thing is they've got the same system. Now it's not, you guys are right. Bates and Bell running that thing made that defense special because they're so cerebral, but the one saving grace is, and if this is truly, you know, the scheme that we think it is, you know, you gotta be able to, this is the, the, one of the things going for the continuity of, system and for most of the defenses for reasons like this you can't keep everybody and having the same coordinator in the same scheme hopefully would uh help lighten up that dark day but i'm glad to hear you say that i'm glad to hear you're so optimistic on uh bell because his his i mean he it literally it starts right at daybreak with him because he's always the first guy in here yeah in the weight room and that's uh it's pre-dawn, you know, I think. What's that? I think that's pre-dawn. I don't think that's daybreak. I think it's, well, he's yeah. in there before the sun even comes up. I was, I was in here once with him, and it was, but I guess it was the summer, so it was, it was, the sun was just coming up. But yeah. uh, man, I was exhausted. He started to go to work at eight thirty after being in there for two hours, and I needed a nap. <laughs> uh, Jay, one more run passer boot. We'll play with Butchie before we uh, before we kick him out of here. Uh, <laughs> what do you uh, What do you got? Yeah, so um, well, they are going to spend on outside free agents. It's not going to be a lot. So, not necessarily the highest single player, but what position group will they spend the most outside money, outside free agent money on? Will it be offensive line? Any other offensive position? or any defensive position. Well, good question. Yeah, I I'll I'll say this, I'm going to say uh I'm going to say defense. Um I I think there is opportunity to spend a little bit on if you're going to give me the whole defense certainly there. Um I mean the potential to have to fill a safety spot. Um but then I I think you know, depth in that defensive line room um, could be a spot where you see some of those decent to solid second to third wave guys that are maybe a little not old, but a little older, but still have some juice left um, that haven't maybe played even in the playoffs in their career, but they're in their late mid to late 20s. Um, I think there's guys there to be had for decent prices that can that, that you could see them add. Um, you know, so I, with saying that, and I mean, they could still see, look at the veteran corner market for that fourth or fifth corner. If they wanted to, it's sitting out there wide open if they don't draft a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So saying that, I'll put defense first. I'll go offensive line second and the rest of the offense third. How about you, Butch? Yeah, I, I mean, I'd agree. I uh, think Paul's dead on with that. They could add a they could add a guy, one of those guys, at each level of the defense, a D line and a linebacker, and probably two in the two in the secondary. Yeah. Um, with with guys who have manageable, you know, with guys who have manageable uh, uh, cap cap constraints. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm with you guys. I I, I almost. I almost would put O line as my boot. Go go run with defense, pass on any offense, and then boot O line. I I wonder if with the whole situation Mixon is in, both in terms of salary and then outside of football, if if they don't go and target a guy like Jamal Williams or a, a guy like David Montgomery, bring him home to Cincinnati, and um, it's not going to be a break the bank number, but it. I, I could see that wanting even, especially you don't know what's going to happen with Samaje, uh, not, not them not wanting to go into the draft, absolutely needing to get a running back. Yeah. No, uh, the tackles, you know, the tackles were, it, the tackles are a little bit, and hey, oh, the tackles, what mm-hmm. do you do? I mean, LC got hurt on Christmas Eve. You know, Jonah's coming off the surgery. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Prince kind of, Prince never surfaced. Um, Adenogy, you know, <laughs> Up and down, you know. I mean, I don't know. I think I think Paul, you raised the I. Uh, I think you raised in print the possibility that they could go to, for the third straight year sign a right tackle, right? I, I mean, it's nothing but a revolving door of fan <laughs> angst at this point. I mean, it's like you go back through the last ten years of right tackle, and it's like you just it's people that fans love to complain about because it's consistently been been a a weak link here for a while, but. It's a weak link a lot of places. There's not a lot of great right tackles out there in general. And it's just, it's so, they've seemed to trouble, have trouble finding that next guy, you know? Right. And so they, they've used a lot of band aids in the process, whether it was Bobby Hart to Riley Reef to LC. And I, I think, I, I definitely think that there will be somebody there. Cause here's, here's, so here's the scenario as I played it out, you know, it, you don't want to feel forced to have to take to draft a guy. Right. You can't count on LC being ready for opening day just by nature of the ACL on Christmas and his back and his age and everything else. So you can't count on that. You don't want to have to count on a draft pick. I think you have to have an insurance policy in play and that somebody who has started is solid would be considered a great backup or, or, or a starter in this league that you're willing to give a little bit of money to um, who can be there. And you can say opening day, you're comfortable with this insurance policy. Absolutely. And that way, if LC, if you don't draft a guy, you can have LC there when he's ready. Maybe he starts to your own pup. Maybe he doesn't, or right. you draft a guy and you can move on from LC and save that cap space and maybe use that elsewhere if you have to. But I think you need the insurance policy in place yeah. um, to know that you'll have a solid starter on opening day that could get you by for the whole season or just, or, or even just for a little while. And I think there's a grouping of those out there that right. that are that played decently last year um that that can can get you there. I, so to me when I look at it I think that's that's the move. Um but in and in hell it could be somebody that gets we don't even know yet that yeah. gets released amongst these cuts. 
uh, that's right. sitting out there. So I mean, there's I think there's options. To me, I think that's the the one that you kind of have to have something in place there to give you an insurance policy against the draft and against LC's recovery. I mean, in a you know in a in a perfect world, you could take a guy like Cam and and put him over there, but they moved him around so much, and he's proven the left side is his natural side. I think you got to keep him here. I mean, I've talked to people, not with the Bengals, but up in Indy, who think they think they think Carmen's their left tackle. You know, yeah. they think uh, he's better than Jonah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, you know, see how Jonah comes back from the injury. But I think you got to keep Carmen on that side, no matter what. And uh, you know, that's uh, you know, I think I don't know. Like I say, they uh, they seem to be a little uh, a little light there in the in the uh, on the shelf uh with 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 guys they've got so um i think that uh with with as far as numbers you know it just doesn't seem they have that guy that they can put in their opening day and say you're the guy that can get us through until you know the six weeks lc needs or something yeah or maybe the guy they love at right tackle is sitting there at 28 and uh and you hope that you hit this time you know there's been a lot of not hitting um in the in the draft but you know at a certain point you know when it comes to that you got to keep swinging and hope that, that you got this one right and that this is the guy because there's just you yeah. know you, you got to reinvest there and try to stop the revolving door you know it just is just so right. much it's been happening there we're just constantly band-aiding that thing but like frank pollock says uh those guys who start opening day those rookie tackles you get them one through ten make yeah. it ten yeah you know so yeah. that's so. Are you just getting another guy? Are you getting another guy who's a not a project, but a guy you got to bring along when you need a guy September tenth? Yep. No, you're right about that. Uh, Butch, it's a sad day for some. Uh, yeah. That that Jim, your 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 man, yeah, from your Syracuse men, Jim Beheim after 47 years. Did he ever? Did he ever call you the? One of the best running backs in the history of college football, like uh, Tom Coughlin once did at the Super no, Bowl. No, no, <laughs> Tom Coughlin's a great man. I, I think I probably had a hate hate relationship with uh, Coach Beheim. <laughs> he was he the could, guy that taught. He was the guy that taught me early on. This is not going to be an easy business. Yeah, <laughs> and you might not like the. And you know, it might be contentious at times. So did I was you, glad I had that anyway. But do you have any I good, saw any good incidents with him? Student. What's that? Did you have any good altercations with him, or was it always contentious? Yeah, it was always. I did have a nice altercation with him. I guess I should say it was. Uh, but I had a couple as a student that were a little bit uh, numbing. But I guess he—that's what he does. That's what he would do to students, student journalists. But I did have a. Uh, uh, I was covering the football, the Syracuse football team, in uh, and in the winter of '87 which was the year that uh, Beheim took him to the Final Four and got beat by uh, uh, Keith Smart at the uh, buzzer. Mm. And, uh, but this was before they were getting ready to go to the Big East Tournament. I had to go over to the Dome to do some uh, football stuff, and I knew the basketball team might be over there. And my mother was up visiting because we had just uh, given birth to the great Kevin Hobson. And uh, – she was up visiting, and I she big Bay, big Syracuse basketball fan, huge. That's how I became like Syracuse because they were a big underdog in the tournament in the seventies. And she loved Syracuse basketball, so I said, "Ah, come on over, maybe maybe some of the guys will be there." I can introduce you to them. Oh, great! So they're just coming off the floor, and there's Bay, and I said, "Ah, 
great. I go, uh, hey, coach, can you come over here for a second? And he comes over. said, uh, Jim, how you doing? This is my mother. She's your biggest fan in New England. And he looks at her, doesn't beat an eye, and says, oh, that's strange. Your son's one of my biggest critics. <laughs> and she goes, and she doesn't bat an eye, and she waves her hand and goes, "Ah, uh, we don't listen to what he says." And they went on to have a great seven, and they went on to have a great seven-minute conversation. And uh, he was put on all the charm. It was unbelievable. He was yeah. a different guy. It was like he was in somebody's. It was like he was recruiting Pearl Washington, you know. And uh, and my mother, you know, she swore by him, and God love her, you know, she's got dementia. But honest to God. She doesn't know where she is or who she is, but if I when I go over there tomorrow and visit her, if I say Beheim, she might there might be a glimmer of there might be a glimmer of that because she she was uh, he from that moment on you couldn't say anything bad about James Arthur Beheim and that and that's there's some good about that I think yeah that's great I wonder if you actually. You probably were his biggest critic. I love that. That's a good. Yeah. Uh, that's that's, a, that's good. And you and you continue lot, to be dude. and you continued to be. It was a long line. It was. Uh, I remember my freshman year. I wasn't even involved in this, but uh, my freshman year, Magic Johnson came in with Michigan State and uh, the Carrier Classic. It was the first time. It was the first Carrier Classic. The first. It was a uh, at Manley Fieldhouse. It was a Syracuse Christmas tournament, and of course, Michigan State came in with Magic. Magic was a freshman. And uh, that's the year they won the uh, no, they didn't win the national championship that year, but that was the year before. But he was a freshman. He beat Syracuse by ten, and he was named the MVP at a tournament. And <laughs> Beheim was like ripping the media, like during the awards, like ripping them for not. He, he thought Matty Burns should have been the MVP instead of Magic Johnson. Matty Burns was a Syracuse <laughs> best player, and then that's when he was berating the media. And then so I wasn't there, but the upperclassmen were. Think, oh, you know, man. thinking, man, this is a tough gig. Well, uh, you survived it. You're still here, still going. You outlasted. You're our MVP. You outlasted I, I, Bay. I think he helped me though. He helped. I mean, you know, it was uh, he, he. He taught me some things. Yeah, he uh, might not have been trying to do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Butch, appreciate your time as always. It's always great to. Uh, have you join us and we can see where it goes from there. And uh, this was good. Uh, I look forward to, you know, hopefully uh, you don't miss your dermatology appointment by some early breaking news or something that happens. <laughs> but if you have anything major on your schedule uh, during that, let us know. So I know when to make sure that I'm ready uh, for when something inevitably, uh, inevitably breaks during free agency where all our lives are kind of half ruined. Polly, it's not like, it's not like the old days where, uh, the agents were talking to you and the players were talking to you and you could kind of have an idea what was going on. Now it's kind of like this drops out of this. It's like a box that drops out of the big black sky. So, yeah. Uh, and you know, uh, yeah. And, and it's always, uh, there's always going to be a couple of big surprises. And so yeah. we'll see yeah. what those are. We'll see what those well, are. Well, You guys have done it. I tell you what, you guys have done a hell of a job. You always do, but you guys have been really been all over this free agency stuff. You've done a hell of a job. And I, uh, Thank you for keeping me in the loop, and thank you for having me on. I, it was a, it was a pleasure. You guys are the stand. You guys are the gold standard. I don't know about that. I think uh, I, I appreciate you saying that, but uh, we're all still heading over to Bengals dot com and checking out what's what, what you've got there. Talk, talk about gold standards, man. I mean, yeah, the golden the the true gold. I mean, we're talking God. about we're talking God, about God love legend. you guys. God, God love you guys. It's a uh, you know how it is. You know how it is. The business is. Uh, 
it's a tough game. It's a tough game. It's uh but it's good to be writing about, but it's good to be able to go onto the combine still writing about the last drive of the season. Yeah, and uh not having to uh weigh the top five picks. Correct. Although I don't, I didn't mind that either. Uh, That was uh, plenty of people reading that material too. So uh, you know what? But there's websites designed for that. So yeah, Yeah. you're right. You're right. Uh, You want to be right. It. it, Everybody knows where you want to be. You want to be in the top five picks or the bottom five picks. Which well, because we were always we were. I mean, we always had our combine. We planned out. We talked to five guys. We talked to the five (laughs) guys who were going to go first. Right. But no longer. We got. It's like you said it, Paulie, the other day. And I'm not. You know. We don't know who they're going to take at 28, so tough to talk to any of the prospects. Tough to to, to narrow it down. You try to. but uh, All right, Butchie, I appreciate the time as always. You uh, go about your day. We'll we'll talk to you, I'm sure, next week at some point. Have a good one. Thank you. Thanks, Kerry's dad. (laughs) All right, great. Catching up with Jeff. Uh, Fun conversations today. Uh, Happy to be able to have them and uh, as we – we prepare for whatever comes next here with the Bengals. Signings while in the doctor's office, signings while in the dentist chair, signings who knows when, but there there will be activity at some point. Uh, we will, wherever we are, be ready for it and bring it to you guys when it does happen. Not if it happens, when it does happen. They, It's not going to look like the last few years. We've said that over and over again, but there are going to be signings in the coming days and the coming weeks. Yeah. And, um, you know, if they can't retain Von Bell, um, you know, that Luana Rumo may be feeling the dark day, but they move on. You know, I go back to last year, we talked about CJ Uzama and the center of the culture and, and how much he was a part of everything. And he was surprising to see him move on, but you know, they did and they brought in Hayden Hurst and he had his own different energy and they sort of kept it going. I don't think Von to CJ is a, quite a comp when you consider how central to what they actually are doing Vaughn is, particularly when paired with Jesse. Um, however, uh, you know, there's lots of safeties out there that they would then just have to try to move on to and, and figure out what's next. And that's all part of it, right? Everything mm-hmm. you put the puzzle together new every year. Uh, that's why it, it was so tough. Like Vaughn was saying, it's why it's so tough when you're in the moment afterwards, knowing how close you were, because you knew that group would never quite be together the exact same way. Maybe you'll be hearing from Vaughn on our program again soon. We don't know. Maybe you'll be. Maybe you'll hear from him on Times Ours or uh, Can't Wait in New York, one of the other <laughs> athletic NFL podcasts uh, that we have on for other teams. Or maybe we'll be back here. We shall see. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back uh, next week. Again, emergency podcast season is upon us. Uh, so if big moves happen, we'll bring something to you live to quickly react to it. But, of course, we're always uh, – things just – they're just moving fast. They're going to start moving fast next week. So we're just going to do our best to uh, to hang with them. We hope you will hang with us too and uh, that you enjoyed this episode. It was fun to bring it to you. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Have a good one, everyone.